after dark, baby. Don't do it. We don't need a third striker. Kai has proven that he can be that third striker if we have to hold a gun to his head, since that seems to be the theme of the pod right now. Can we call uh, our episode gun to the head? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's proven serviceable. Like, our strikers barely even score to begin with. So what right. so, the point? So don't you want somebody who can come off the bench and score you a goal as a striker? Why do you Olivier Giroud. Yeah, why are you content with strikers who can't score? That's ridiculous. Oh, That's the most counterproductive oh, thing oh, I've heard all day. Oh I'll, oh, I'll tell you exactly why. Because you said that it would be consistent for us to have Reese James, Chilwell, Mount, have everybody else score without Timo and Ron. You said that that would be sustainable. And now you're saying I didn't say it was sustainable. I, I'm Mr. Negative on this podcast. I did. What? Bullshit. I did. No, I and I stand by it. However, I can also want a striker that scores goals too. <laughs> you really think a striker is like is the highest priority that we have right now at the club? I didn't say I'm, that. I'm talking. I'm talking in in, in general. No. I don't agree. No, I don't think so. Uh, what if that? I, what if that number one priority is Erling Holland? He's not coming to Chelsea. Uh, that's not what Mino Reynola says this week. He just said that he narrowed it down to four clubs. It was going to be Real, Barcelona, Bayern, or some somebody else. No, it Ray- wasn't Chelsea. No, Rayola said on uh, on Thursday that Chelsea's a finalist. I saw four different clubs. Fact check. <sighs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously joking about the Rashford thing. I don't think he's coming to Chelsea, but. I don't watch a lot of other matches to be completely honest, but I threw the United game on and I just saw a lot of positive. I saw a lot of good work rate out of, out of Rashford and I don't watch him a ton, uh, but he's English. He's solid. You know, he just, uh, he did a lot of really good things. And so it got me thinking uh, he doesn't play really like, like Rom does. And I just thought like, hmm, I wonder if his style would fit our, our team better than a big round because for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like Brown's style fits ours. City was the, the other team for Holland. Okay. Those were Matt. the four that, that Rayola said were in contention. Matt, here's Rayola quoted yesterday. Real, Barca, Atletico, City, Chelsea. And I only saw four. Yes. I only saw four two days ago and it was Barca, Real, Bayern, and City. City. And United was definitely out. All right. So let, we're, we're not, we're not going to agree on this for whatever reason. But Parker, I, I do like the Rashford talk. Where I saw you <laughs> saw in the group, group text, where did that even come from? Where, like Rashford is an option. I haven't seen that anywhere. It's not. It, it, no one's talking about it. It just, it was a, a hypothetical. My, my, my question to you guys was say for whatever reason, he was available to buy in January. Say Chelsea pay fair market. I don't know what fair market is for him. Call it 45. I don't know. I don't know. Something not ridiculous, not, not a super overpay, not an underpay, just whatever his market value is. Would you be happy with the sign? Is, is kind of the where the question came from in my head because I really had never thought of him. You know, we've we've talked about Harry Kane, right? Like we've talked about would we like Harry Kane at the club? Yes or no. And Rashford's never a name that's kind of come across my radar as a potential for it. I figured. Oh, this dude's, you know, obviously he's a big name, but he's doing a lot of, 
he was doing a lot of the positives that probably go unnoticed a lot of the times and stuff that doesn't come up on a stat sheet. And in the 40 minutes that I watched the United game yesterday, it just struck me as, as good. And I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder how the boys would feel. Would they be like, no, fuck that. If, if we signed Rashford or would they be like, Oh, that's, that's a good move. That's positive. Just, that, that was the only, uh, the genesis of the question. So my, Mike, go ahead. My question still is what's fair market value. Cause I'm looking at transfer market and they, you know, the, he's only 24. And they've got his current market value set at 94 mil and United isn't going to sell it direct. So yeah. Fair market value is what? 130. No I, idea. I would honestly, if, if that's the price tag, I look at somebody like Anthony Martial, somebody who's kind of been outed at United, somebody who I think is looking to get out, probably go back to France. I would look at him before I would look at Marcus Rashford. That, that would be my So time. you're saying that the, the, whatever, like whatever they would let him go for would be too much for what we would want him for. Yeah. Because it, well, it, it's, it's just like FIFA, right? You're, you're not going to sell somebody to a rival and you're not going to try and buy somebody from a rival because you're going to charge you know, 40, 50 mil above everything else. So if you do have a player who is looking to get out, not getting enough playing time, who is a good caliber player, why not go after them? Mm -hmm. And and I think that, I think to an extent on the attacking side, he would fit that mold really well. Um, Defensively, probably not. But I, I think... I don't think you look for for a, a a big player at a big club. I think if you can find somebody else who is similar to Rashford, um, then I think you go with that. And I think that Martial would be a, a good option um, as somebody who doesn't get a lot of playing time anymore, who is, as we've seen in years past, he's a good player. He just doesn't get out there enough for whatever reason. So um, I think that would, that would be a more suitable and likely option for us. So let, let me propose this because I've brought it up before and you guys have poo-pooed it. <laughs> Luka Jovic. No. Real, Real Madrid. Tw- worth $22 million. We're overpaying by 22 mil. What's he done at Real? Uh, let's see. Score. Guess you say Luca? Did you say Aiden Hazard? Or... Well, there are still talks about Hazard coming for like twenty mil, twenty-one. Like, so what? Okay, well, 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 let's pose it that way. Would you rather spend twenty mil on Hazard to be a redundancy, or spend twenty mil on a reserve striker who probably fits your system a lot better than Timo Werner does? I don't know if he fits the system better than Timo. Look at how many balls we whip into the box. This guy's it's in fucking meters here in you know America, but uh, <laughs> nearly six feet tall. I I remember watching him in the Bundesliga. He's a he's a big guy. So with all the balls we whip into the box, 
I, I just figure he'd fit the system better than than Timo does. Now when now when you're right, you're not even running Timo as a striker. You're running him as a left wing, which is sad because Timo's a striker. You should uh, run Timo as a striker. That's that. I would uh, like to see him be more of an out and out striker. Pure would it make you feel any better if I said Jovic was 23? Plenty of room to develop. As a 19-year-old, he scored 27 goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so did Timo. What's your point? It's the Bundesliga. I'm just saying, you, you can get him for a deal. You're, you're not paying 50 mil like you did for Timo. You, you know what we need to find? We need to find the, the Olivier Giroud of you know, five years ago, and we need to find the Samuel Eto, that like cheeky, crafty, just knows how to score. Like, I almost would rather bring Diego Costa back at this point. Like, I, just someone who knows how to get a ball on target, like when it falls to them and they find ways to score. Uh, just kind of a broken. We just don't score like broken goals very often. We score tap-in goals more than we score broken goals. And when teams play against us and they get like a, a flash shot that takes a deflection and finds its way in, I just think it happens to us more than it happens for us. So I, we've, we've signed those guys in the past. I, I don't know who that is, but. Um, oh, I got a name for you. Collins you, I, Collins, you and I talked about this. Oh. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He now has his – he's been benched, or he was benched in the Arsenal match this week for his second disciplinary issue since he's been at the club. And I think this is the second one in about a year. It okay. seems to me like you have a disgruntled – you have a disgruntled player – somebody that we know can score. We've seen his work in with Dortmund. We've seen his work with Arsenal. Like he can play and he's what 33, 32, 33, somewhere in that area. Maybe that's who you bring in a clinical finisher. And let's be honest, we got Giroud from Arsenal. So it's, it's, Paid off for us more than it's paid off for anybody from Chelsea going to Arsenal. So, no, those are the names I think that that's exactly where my head's at. Is someone like him? Someone, I, I mean, I would love to bring Drew back just for old time's sake, but I don't think we get the production level out of him that we've had in the past. But those are the exact names I'm thinking about that I would like to see as a third striker option. What about Zlatan? <laughs> well, he, he's already said he's not leaving, though. Oh. Uh, I, 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 I thought of that too. Yeah, he's at uh, AC Milan. Um, here's two players with contracts expiring. I, I want to get your guys' take on Paulo Dybala. What? Gun to the head. Gun mm-hmm. to the head. Paulo Dybala, 28 years old, Uve. Mm-hmm. Usmane Dembele, 24 years old, Barca. Dybala. I like Dybala a lot. Uh, he's dynamic as all hell. I would not hate that move. I, I don't know why, but I see Dybala as like a Spurs player. He reminds me of Eric Lamella. I don't know why. Uh, if he I goes to Spurs, he becomes a Spurs player instantly. 
He becomes Eric Lamella. Yeah. But in the right system, man, in the right system with the right checks and balances, you, know, you can, you can, you can what make a, players what about, out of those guys. Talking about Arsenal, what about uh, Alexander Lacazette? He's, he's coming up on a free agency. I don't like him. No. I don't like his attitude. No. Fair. I don't. Uh, I'd rather see a Pierre. Um, I just don't think he's worth it. He just seems like he's always pounding on the pitch. Um, one name that we haven't talked about lately, who has been linked to Chelsea, Chiesa. Good point. Do you put? Do you <coughs> go out, get him, and slot him in as that left wing back? Wing back? No. no. <laughs> well, so 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 when I say left wing back. Do you put him in a more advanced position, kind of like Chills would have been or like Alonzo should be, where they don't have to defend as much? Because we know Chiesa has an engine on him, right? He can go up and down the pitch, no problem. Um, you know, do you is that a position where maybe you run like you run Cho as a left wing, you run Kiza as a left wing back, or vice versa, and then they're kind of interchangeable from that point. You know, is is that something that because he's been linked to Chelsea, right? So is maybe that the move that we need to kind of kill two birds with one stone, you know, kind of get Timo out of that left wing and also kind of help solve that left wing back because if we can switch Cho and Kiesa and then Parker, like you were talking about, when we go forward, we have that right wing back kind of shift over. Is that something that's sustainable? Is that something that, that we think will solve problems? Do you want to pay $85 million for a utility player? Is my question. We do for Kai. We do for Ziek. We're paying however much money for Christian to be a, a super sub. So is it really out of the realm of possibility? I don't think it's the right move. I think if you sign Chiesa, he he basically is a replacement for Timo. Like so then like Get rid of Timo if you're going to sign That's that, That's Chiesa. all the comps. I, I can't remember if it was 538 or some statistical analysis site this week was running the comps on Chelsea players compared to Chiesa and Timo Werner was the comp. So if you want to pay more for an older Timo Werner, like, I don't know, I'm not sold on it. Well, well then does that solve your situation of a third striker? If you're not playing Timo and Rom together, right? You're playing your two strikers up top. Timo has the left wing. Rom is the main striker you take Timo out so we can be that kind of full-blown second striker, does that solve that issue and we don't have to get a third striker? For me, it comes down to the price tag. I'm not paying $85 million for a third-strength striker. That, but that, that, I, it's not my money, but that, you know, if, if I'm Marina, who is financially seemingly pretty savvy, I, I don't think that's her kind of move. Uh, how do I do this? Hold on a second. If we line up like we did against Senate, which I'm trying to show you guys here in just a second. Did you find an actual formation? 
it's someone's best guess at a formation but if we line up like this uh i'd take chiesa and the system over timo all that all that i put him in for Saul. and Saul had a seventh so again looking at this i thought Saul actually had a pretty good fucking game yeah ross I mean, was Ross was trash. I didn't. Dave and Christensen and Cho were the three lowest. Yeah, that whole right side. Like I didn't. I thought Kepa actually played pretty fucking well for a six five. I thought that was that was low. He had a couple of big saves. Yeah, and Cho. I don't think I ever heard his name. I know he didn't do much. Like there wasn't much, and Dave. I I didn't. I saw enough out of him to be run of the mill. Like just a average game. I mean, even recent midfield, he did not look comfortable at all. Like, who's who's going to be your distributor out of all of that? Who's going to be dis, Who's going to be your distributor? Your best option was probably Saul at that point. So move yeah, Ross but- to the left back or left wing back or something. But like, there is no distribution in the middle of that pitch at all. So that that actually like reminds me because Matt, you and I were talking about this, and goddamn it, I wish I would have brought it up on the pod. Um, Reese James, yeah, pod after dark. Uh, Reese James in the middle of the pitch, dude. He he was like floating around. He he had no position against Leeds. He was on the left. He was in the middle. He was up in the attack. He was back in the defense. He was on the right. Like I, I'm all for Reese James being given that kind of freedom. If I had to pick one Chelsea player, I think it would be Reese James. Couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I think he's been given that freedom. I thought, I mean, it, he was rated a 7-5. We've talked about who scored.com before. I don't know what resulted in that 7-5. He didn't look super comfortable in that position, but there was a lot of chaos around him. So uh, the thing that I love about Reese is uh, it's the direct comparison to Jorginho Matt, where when Reese has uh, conflict or confrontation come his way, when people come at him, he stands his ground and he bodies people. And it's mm-hmm. wonderful to watch. He does not go down and he handles, uh, he handles pressure really, really, really well. So it's just, it's just really great to see. You know, I see like two guys running at him and he's not worried for a second. He's like, oh, cool. I'll take this down. Boom. Pass it out to Dave and we, we roll up the right. It's just awesome. 2022 Ballon d'Or winner, Reese James. You heard it here first. Start the campaign today. Yeah, it like, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm okay with Reese having that freedom. I think if anybody needs that freedom and who I think can show that he can handle it, it's Mace. Like he'll be able to track back. He can go forward. He can go kind of all over the pitch. We've seen him do it for a good amount of this season. Like that's who you need. And I didn't think Mason had a great game against Zenit. He looked again, kind of lost in the shuffle of things. I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him mentioned a whole lot. And yeah, it, it was, it's just one of those things where, but he's shown that, that he can do it. So I would put who gets the most freedom on the team. I would say Mace and then Reese. 
brings me to a debate I saw on, on Twitter recently. Uh, who's our next captain? Yes. <laughs> and maybe we maybe we just like think about this and we we actually flesh this out on a future episode. But you've got two academy boys, Reese James and and, and Mason Moe, uh, both about the same age. And uh, I, you, you can make strong arguments for both. So it, uh, I don't know if we want to do this here right now or if we want to do this later, but it's at least worth the debate. It's, it's kind of a fun one. Uh, I can make arguments for both. So, Gun to the head. Gun to the head. Who do you go with? I'm going Reese. 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 Well, okay. <laughs> Decided. <laughs> Mainly because I, I favor a defender more than I do a a midfielder attacker just in general well yeah because i mean the, the odds of mace being subbed off mid-match are a lot higher than subbing off reese you, you don't typically sub off the defenders as frequently exactly and and you know we we know in volleyball it's, it's a lot of times the setter it's it's your floor captain it's not necessarily like it's not necessarily the best but it's the it's the person who has the the beat of the team and that control and uh, leadership and all of those things. And I think I think Reese James is that guy. I think that he embodies that more than Mace. Not that not saying that it's a slight on Mace, but I think he's just plays a different role in the team. Well, yeah, and I mean, Parse, you you brought that up with the with the volleyball reference, and you know, just because you're the person that can go talk to the official doesn't necessarily mean that you're the one that's actually the leader on the team right so i i I think but to to the point about reese the way that he carries himself the way that he handles himself on the pitch he seems like a perfect fit for a captain he just does um you know and it's not anything against mace but he just seems to to understand that role i think a little bit better than than Mason would. <laughs> Sorry, tweet. <laughs> uh, it's coming up on Twitter now that Christensen is one step away from agreeing to a four-year contract with Chelsea. And uh, somebody under the, the Twitter handle, Roman Abramovich, goes, is, is that one step away to finding a working pen or what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one step away from being shipped to the gulag yeah right one, one step closer to the edge and i'm about to break yes well done well done <laughs> well the, and the thing is like yeah cool you want to hold out like you're literally hurting your own stock here with how shitty you're playing so you better fucking sign the deal or you're going to end up back in the danish league honestly pay fucking rudiger like, hasn't that man done enough, especially for Chelsea, to earn that that type of money? Like, we saw the reports, yeah, his – I think his brother is his agent or something like that. Yep. But agreed – like, verbally agreed to, like, a, a three-year deal with Real Madrid for, like, 400K a week. Like, your move, Chelsea, whether, whether that's actually true or not, who knows – Maybe he's just trying to stir the pot a little bit, but like you have to find a way to you have to find a way to keep him 
the emotion that he showed and the emotion that he has shown, not only in how he defends, but even him winning penalties, him when Jorginho scored that goal. We've all seen the video of him just going up and down on the, on the touchline and just going absolutely nuts. Like it's, it shows that he wants to be there and you're not willing to pay somebody who wants to be there when you have somebody like Christensen, like, yeah, I want to be here, but you know, I don't, but you know, kind of pay me a little more like, yeah, I'll agree, but yeah, I kind of need a little bit more. Like Rudiger said, here's what I want. Here's what I've shown I can do. Pay him. Yeah, but it's 400K a week. Our, our top earner is Rahm <laughs> at 325. Um, I'm not okay. With, where, where, where do you put Rudiger in this list? Rom 325, Conte 290, Timo 272, Chills 190. I put him above Rom. I don't know. I don't know if. 400k is rational but then again Juve is paying Delict 400k a week and they're what fifth in Serie A right now if he can get 400k he should take it and I wish him best of luck and yeah that, that, that's that's it like I don't think we can afford to pay him that um, I think, I think we that can. the talks are around like 200 to 225 like that's where I think that's where we're at right now well and the other thing is even if he goes to Real Madrid, do you really think he's going to win the Champions League there? Ooh. No. Not a chance. But no, I'd rather but... be overpaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Real. I mean, like Real in context in Europe is like, you know, you grow up playing baseball, Yankees or Dodgers. You grow up playing basketball, Lakers or Celtics. Um, you know, are you necessarily going to win it all at those places? No, but it's like, that's the place. Which, oh. guess what? Aiden Hazard left and wanted to go to Real Madrid, and look what he did. Look what a lot of people have done that went to Real Madrid. Look at Gareth Bale. Yeah, Where's he? Gareth, he's, he's probably shooting fucking 18 holes on the golf course right now. Yeah, but exactly. he's getting paid, and he has Champions League medals. And it's Spain. You get to yeah. live in Spain. Yeah, and you also get to play against fucking Os- Osuana or whoever Barcelona tied with today. But it's like, it's like it's like the Milwaukee argument, right? Like no one wants to come play basketball in Milwaukee because it's fucking Milwaukee. It's cold. We have cold winters. It's not fun to live here. Like not compared to Miami, it's not. Like we we obviously live in the Midwest. We feel okay, whatever. But it London is is Seattle right? Like it's cold, it's rainy. It's not the most pleasant place all times of the year. And you really can't compete with Madrid from a, from a locale perspective. I mean, I would much rather live in Lille or Nice than I would London any day of the week. If it's just like, like for like places to live, like those places, the South of France is gorgeous. It's wonderful. I'd rather live in Italy. I'd rather live in Rome, but if I'm only focused about soccer, I'd rather play in, in London. That's where the best of the best are. But I, speaking purely on, on the places I've visited, I'd probably rather live in Liverpool than I would London, just because it's more working class. It reminds me a lot of Milwaukee. It, like, it's working class folks who care a lot about their sport and they kind of live and die by their results and 
they're they're really good people. I was treated really well in Liverpool by the locals. So uh, just based on that, like, so I think I think people think of the decision more than just where can I win the Champions League, Matt. Uh, if I'm getting paid double to live in a nicer place, I, as a professional, I would be like, yeah, I could do that. So move your ass down to Milwaukee. <laughs> what the hell are you waiting on? <laughs> I'm not really upgrading that much from Minneapolis, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, we're, going, we're going from Blairville to the snow. Yeah. Hey, we didn't have 18 inches of snow, though. We just had some rain and some wind and 40 degrees. So there you go. Uh, I, I, I just think uh, it's funny because when we talk about like contracts in the United States, I don't think it gets talked about enough, but like people going to Texas where there's no income tax, you're making 18% more than if you're living in California. 18%. If you're a max contract, like they can offer you 18% more in Texas. So like Luka Doncic, why would he ever want to go to the Lakers when he can earn more in Texas? I just like, people don't talk about it, but that's a lot of money. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm checking the, the tax difference. <laughs> I was saying, we're also talking about numbers that neither of us are ever going to see in our lifetime. So, so yeah, when we're talking a, a five-year, you know, $325 million deal, 18% for them, that means jack shit. <laughs> Still a lot of money. I know, but I'm, for them, it's not. For us, yeah, that's definitely a lot. It's definitely something to consider. For them, they're like, oh, no, we're getting paid 325 mil over five years. Cool. You look at, you know, Patrick Mahomes' money for for the quarterback for the Chiefs. You know, what's he, 10-year Half a billion dollars, yeah. four fifty, four hundred. He, he doesn't give a shit where he lives. Jesus, <laughs> at that point, dude. Ta- tax rates in Europe, nuts. Okay. On twenty mil, you're paying forty nine percent taxes in Spain, forty seven percent in the UK. Is that why there are so many like tax evasion things that always happen to people in Spain? Hashtag CR seven <laughs> and messy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm tax surprised. evasion and tax avoidance. <laughs> I'm surprised everyone in Europe doesn't play for Monaco. Well, that's why they normally have a real good uh, crop of youth players because everybody just goes to Monaco and have to pay shit, and then well, they just sell them. Yeah. Bakayoko. Oh, is he Emmy Bakayoko? Oh yeah. Hey, did you hear uh, Edward Mendy has a new song? What I did, I haven't listened to it though. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's to the uh, the South Africa World Cup uh, song. <laughs> Samina mina, eh, eh, Edward Edward Mende. Samina mina, Sam Sadate. He comes from Senegal. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's wonderful. We it are. is just beautiful, and it just takes me back to 2010, man. The the fucking glory days of. That World Cup was the best one. Cameroon, Samuel Eto, shout out to uh to to C Gross, Landon Donovan, Algeria. Oh. You play Shabalala, South Africa. Yes. Scoring so that goal against Mexico. And, and uh, the party poopers line from uh, 
um, <laughs> who was commentating that first match was Mexico, South Africa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Tyler. He's like I think uh, so, yeah. Mexico trying to be the potty poopas of the, <laughs> the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one other thing. As Collins and I were at Highbury, the Arsenal game was on. Mm-hmm. We got booted from the big screen. So not booted from it. our seats, though. But not booted from the seats, but just the big screen. And um, I, I will say this. As much as I hate Arsenal, their fans, they have a lot of passion. I will give them that. Every single pass was, oh, ah, well, what, what? Like, they were they were vocal as all hell. I mean, I remixed a couple of their songs when they scored a goal, but that was, that was a little bit different. Um, they were chanting like one nil to the arsenal, one nil to the arsenal. And I, and I said, yeah, wait till the second half. Um, but they're a very passionate fan base. And I give them all the credit in the world for that. They still fucking suck, but you know, more, more credit to more credit to them. They they were there in full force and they were giving it hell. Chelsea get labeled as dysfunctional, but it's not dysfunctional. It's just the hyper competitive. Arsenal is dysfunctional. I can't imagine years and years and years of following that. So yeah. uh, hashtag blessed. They they put the fun in dysfunctional. Here's the other fun thing that I read about um, this weekend on the internet, on the interwebs. Uh, so all the big clubs, City, United, and Liverpool, and Chelsea, all had game-deciding goals scored on penalties this weekend. And it was funny because it was like City fans, yeah, we deserve that pen. We deserve the win. You know, up the City, whatever. You know, United fans... Cristiano Ronaldo's the greatest, earns the pen, converts it, beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Liverpool fans, we deserve to win. Mo Salah converts the pen. Chelsea fans were like, shit, we got lucky. <laughs> and just the take, like, it, it's a subtle take, but it's like, we, we, we realized that we got bailed out a bit. We're fortunate. We still get the win, but, like, that's not good enough. Like, we're not, like, puffing our chests out at that win. And I think that that says a lot for our fan base that we've said it a bunch on this pod, but it's just like, that ain't good enough. A three, two win against Leeds where you're winning a last second pen. Uh, that ain't good enough for us. And, and we need to handle our business because we, we were better than that. And we are better than that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, for, for the, the pens that we did get, it's for, every other pen that we didn't get where we probably should have, or, you know, like a, a team over offsides or questionable call like that. So it, it reminds me of what, um, what Rick Mahorn said, uh, power forward for the, uh, the eighties, bad boys, Pistons, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like speeding. Yeah. You're going to go over the speed limit. You're going to get caught every now and again, but, you're still going to continue at that same pace. And it makes me think like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of things not go your way, but eventually you'll, 
you'll get it when when the time comes. And you know, I think we got we got a little bit of that against Leeds. Yeah. That, <laughs> you guys literally took my opinion right out of my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I gotta head off, but I do wanna do wanna leave you with this this little nugget. Uh Trev Chaloba has more goals than Harry Kane this year. Hey, I think anybody also someone that. who could fucking play midfield if we needed him in a pinch and is hurt. So there you go. How many goals does Harry Kane have this year? None. Is he still not scored in the Premier League? One. He scored once in the Premier League this year. In mm-hmm. 14 matches. Yep. He uh, scored zero I, and nine, I think. Tottenham should have sold him. Yeah, they should have. I said and they shouldn't have and they shouldn't have gotten rid of uh Nino. I like I like I like Nuno. I'm Nuno, sorry. Fan of him. I, I I enjoyed him. I didn't think he fit Tottenham, but I don't think Conte does either. So I think Conte's gonna get pissed off real quick. No, I think Conte is gonna have enough freedom where where Nuno, I don't think he had enough time to create the the team that he wanted. Like if you're gonna give if you're gonna give somebody who coached Wolverhampton to what were they like sixth or seventh a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. And he brought them up from the championship. Like if you're gonna give that person that job at Tottenham and you want him to change it in six months, that's not realistic. No, but he was there like six picks. So I don't think they wanted him for the get, you know, from the get. Yeah, so, so I think he was a placeholder. At that point, why don't just take like an interim manager or something, or at least just say like, hey, you're going to be the interim manager until we find who we want. But no, I, I think that they, I think they did dirty on that whole thing. Cause yeah, honestly, if we go down the dark rabbit hole of Tuchel out, I wouldn't mind him. I, All right, I honestly would not mind him as a Chelsea manager. Someone write that down. Next pot after dark. I want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm going to finish my drink. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I wouldn't mind it if if like he's if he's an option based on whoever else is out there. Like knowing what he can do with basically garbage and giving him some talent and let him kind of do what he does. I mean, Wolverhampton is a high pressing team. They get after it. They're on their pedal to the metal all the time. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, there are other options, but I'm just saying I wouldn't mind it. All right, Matt, I want a full dissertation next week. I think this is a good note to end on.